0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Code of conduct. Code of- good
1: morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back, and I'm very excited because I have a very, very special guest. I have Miss Dana O'Gorman joining me. She is a senior NFL writer, and she has some good stuff. She covers the Seattle Seahawks and the Kansas City Chiefs. Ugh. No, but Miss Dana is really, really good. Uh, I'm going to bring her in here pretty shortly. But I, hey, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. We had a bunch of announcements last week. Joe and I are still going with the hump day hotline. We got that coming to you Wednesday. My man Bruce Nolan and Nate Geary are doing the Food for Thought. I believe that's what they call it. I don't want to call it the wrong name here. But they're doing Food for Thought. And that is Aaron live on YouTube. Fridays. Then, Joe is going to do with... You know what? I'm not good at this. I'm going to let Bruce make all the announcements. But I know Joe and John Fina have something special coming up. And I believe that's going to be Monday nights. I believe. I'll let Bruce make the announcements. Uh, but I can tell you that the chop up is back and the chop up is going to be dope. It's going to be me. It's going to be my man Sterling from cover one. It's going to be my homegirl, Kristen Kimmick, the president of the Bills Mafia Babes organization. And it's going to be my homegirl, Angelina White. She's going to come through and represent. Um, I don't know if she really represents the donut pie or donut bag pie or or what, but. Look, she she's Bills mafia, so we gonna have a good time. I also have some special guests lined up for that show as well. So look, y'all gonna have to come and kick it with us when we do this thing. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be off the hook. But I do want to start the show off by just just addressing a little bit uh, the the crazies. Not nothing major. It's, it's all fun talk today. But I'm noticing how everybody is overreacting to the news about the Buffalo Bills possibly looking to relocate to Austin, Texas, because there was a report that came out that said. You know, the Bills are, you know, trying to strong arm the state. It is literally step one in negotiations. So please, Bills fans, let's not let's not think that the Pagoulas are really trying to hold the fan base hostage here. Let's not think so. What this is, is one side saying, hey, we want you to pay for everything. And then the other side is going to come back and say, hey, we want you to pay for everything. And then it's going to be like, all right, well, let's meet somewhere in the middle kind of, sort of, somewhere in the middle. So um, I don't think there's any real threat about the Buffalo Bills going anyplace. I think that the Buffalo Bills are safe. This is this is a time for us to rejoice and enjoy it. Please, please, please do not, let's not go into this season with that type of dark cloud over our heads thinking about it, okay? It's time to celebrate. The Buffalo Bills are, are Super Bowl contenders heading into the season across the league. They are respected and viewed as a team that is probably going to make it back to the AFC championship and can very, very, you know, they have a serious chance to compete for the Super Bowl. So, so let's not, let's not overreact. Let's not beat the ownership up until like things actually start to happen that make us beat the ownership up. Let's just be a little patient with them because uh, from my experience now, I know I'm not a hockey fan, so Sabre fans, uh, forgive me, but from my experience so far, Terry and Kim Pagula have done everything uh, right for my franchise. My favorite team in the world, the Buffalo Bills, have done a complete 180 since they have taken ownership of the team. They have – the value has gone up. They've gotten great players. I know they're not over the drafting and the scouting, but whether you call it luck, whether you call it good business, they brought in Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. They they are doing things for me that make me believe that they have the team's best interests at heart. And and not only the team's best interest, but the communities, Because they built up downtown. They did a lot of things downtown. I just don't believe that they are the type of people... Well, they're business people. I get that. But what I'm saying is they have heavily invested into the community of Buffalo. So I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. This is not me kissing butt. This is not me trying to play the political game here. What I'm saying is let's just take a moment and and breathe. Bill's Mafia, we got this. We We finally have... It's, it's back to that feeling of the 90s when when we were going to Super Bowls and championships and, you know, we had divisional titles like that. It's back to that time. Let's celebrate that time. Let's not focus on all the other craziness. Uh, so. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about that for a quick second. Then I also really, um really quickly this morning or it may have been late last night, but I saw it this morning. Uh, one of the, the victims from the, the Sean Watson case decided to do an interview and she spoke out. Um, on I'm not sure if the publication was a podcast or or if it was I'm not sure exactly what the the platform was but I caught a chance or a small piece of the interview and you know what I will say is it it, it, it's absolutely an awful thing if Deshaun Watson plays football this season in the NFL or any season going forward there absolutely needs to be um, some type of discipline down from the NFL there needs to be some type of urgency to the um, sorry I'm kind of cracking up thinking about the, the story it's, it's just not a is not a good situation if you haven't gotten a chance to go and check it out or or look it up you know it, it's very graphic it's very graphic um so so please obviously be advised before you go and listen to it or go and pull up the video but what i'm saying is look there are there are multiple women this isn't just one woman who's coming out and and making these allegations and i understand that some people are fans and and i understand that in the past there have been times when you know stories haven't been true and it's a money grab and um, I understand all of those things as a fan, as a football fan, and as a fan of Deshaun Watson as a football player. Those thoughts went through my head initially when all these reports started to to come to surface. Like, ah, is it, Deshaun never gave people any problems at Clemson. He seems like a stand-up guy. I have. I have. I have said that. However, when, when things start to – when you start to understand or you start to see things for what they are, you have to be honest about them. And, and I'll tell you what, there needs to be some sort of discipline. There needs to be some sort – of, um, you know, something has to happen. Something has to happen. This, this is not a cool thing. And and the fact that a lot of times these situations kind of go away, we we can't allow it we can't allow it this time so moving on I'm going to lighten the mood up a little bit uh, like I said I have a very very special guest I have the editor and senior NFL writer for our turf football um, she she covers the NFC West but more specifically she has a real special kind of love for uh, the Seattle Seahawks and I wanted to have a good conversation with her about the NFC West about the Seattle Seahawks about their quarterback. And so I'm going to bring her in. I have Miss Dana O'Gorman joining me today. How is it going today or tonight, Dana?
0: It's going great. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, I, I told you right before the uh, show started, I have a soft spot for the Buffalo Bills. So when you <laughs> invited me, I got real excited. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the Bills fans will love. So everybody in here will love you for that. Like, oh, she's a Seattle Seahawks fan and she loves the Bills. Yep, we love her. So so just consider yourself part of the family now because that we you know, we love everybody unless, uh, you know, when people give us a reason not to PFF, when people give us a reason not to. we. we, No, actually, I have love for for everybody over PFF, but your Seattle Seahawks Seahawks, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. there's an there's there's every year there's excitement surrounding the team because you guys have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So this year, what, what do you what do you think? What, what's the outlook heading into the season? You know, just what do you think record wise or division wise? What is the goal this year? Obviously, it's a Super Bowl. But what do you think is a realistic Always. expectation for the year?
0: You know, I I want to start out that Seahawks conversation by saying this first. I want to thank Aaron Rodgers. I want to thank Aaron Rodgers for being the diva that he is, and so that he could take all that media spotlight that was on Russell Wilson and turn it right onto himself. I appreciate you, Aaron. I appreciate <laughs> you for that. Yeah, it was a rough off season for Seahawks fans, um, just because our quarterback decided the Seahawks quarterback decided to be uncharacteristic and voice some disapproval and, and some irritation with the team. And that was um it's new to us. You know, he's Russell Wilson is known for being, you know, a rah-rah cheerleader guy. That's not who he is. So we were surprised by that. So um so that was a little tough. But then when that died down and you saw kind of how this team was was building and what they were looking at and that they weren't going crazy in free agency. Um that they were with their three whole draft picks that they had it chose them pretty well because there wasn't many for them to choose um and so you know people started getting excited and then the biggest thing was the change in offensive coordinator when they brought in shane waldron from the sean McVay coaching tree they took him away from the la rams that's when the real excitement built for seattle fans because they could see that the team heard russ they heard what he had to say, and they decided to try and give him what he was looking for. In the beginning of 2020, um, those first five games were amazing. Russell was yes. MVP, you know, at the top of the league. He was just killing everybody. But the Seahawks, had, the Seahawks had a historically bad defense for those games. There was no equilibrium within the team. And then, of course, it flipped. And what we discovered and what people were talking about was that, um, is that the, the the offense was being figured out by defenses and there was no adjustments being made. And so that is what everyone was so upset about in 2020 turn to 2021, all new offense, completely different scheme. Um, Pete will still like to run the ball because that's what Pete Carroll does. But at the same time, there seems to be a new renewed excitement around the offense and that historically bad start to the defense seems to be gone.
1: Yeah. Well, so first you're, your point about Russell Wilson's concern as far as the offensive line the mm-hmm. thing is you know a lot of people I know you mentioned Aaron Rodgers as the diva a lot of people actually started <laughs> to to have rumblings and say hey I, we're not used to Russ speaking up like this right I don't I don't view Russ and and that last week I actually I had Joe Miller on my show as well and I said I don't see um Aaron Rodgers as a diva either the thing about Aaron I, I think you know, I could see why I could see why people would have that outlook. The the way I see Aaron is like, you know, he's been in this abusive relationship for
0: <laughs> that's fair. A,
1: plus <laughs> a decade, you know, and yeah. they haven't, you know, so no first round draft picks on a receiver or running back. Um, they have you know so Look if, you're, if your husband or your boyfriend Of 15 years he doesn't take you On date night anymore he never tells You that you're beautiful anymore you know And fellas you know she never <laughs> she never actually Tells you you're handsome even though you're yeah you got A little pouch now but hey you still like to feel Like the guy Aaron Rodgers Wanted to still feel like the guy they weren't Taking you know his his opinion Into co- consideration when he likes mm-hmm. Specific players um, Bills fans Are very familiar with Jake Kumaro situation You know Randall Cobb and whoever else that he mentioned so I just look at it as you know Aaron was in this abusive relationship and he's just like you know enough (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) enough but as far as Russ I'm very happy that they addressed those things because uh, we're going to talk about Russ a little bit later on but but Mm -hmm. one of the things I do want to touch on right now is that the team was on fire for the first six seven weeks of the season Mm -hmm. and they look like they improved this offseason I'm actually like very, very impressed. and and if you can talk a little bit about just so you mentioned the new scheme, how how mm-hmm. it's gonna can you just kind of go for a little bit about how the team is gonna look different next year?
0: Well, I don't know that we really know yet. That's the one thing about Seattle is they keep all that stuff very close to the vest. But from what we've been hearing, um the word fast comes up a okay. lot. It's gonna be very fast. It's gonna be very fast. And then it was brought up that at the line of scrimmage, it's looked. Everything looks exactly the same. Run play, pass play. Everything's starting to look the same, which is something that Seattle was not very. It was so obvious when they were going to run or when they were going to pass that there wasn't any variation there. Which was something that Pete Carroll in his press conferences last year, especially in the second half of the year, was like, "We need to change it up. We need we need to do something different, and we we need to change this up." And it never happened. And so I think that that is what we've been hearing the most of do i think that they'll still be you know a run heavy team i I guess you have to define what heavy is at that point i do think that they will still have a large amount of run game but i think it's still going to look a little different it's not going to be the traditional Marshawn lynch in the back the exact same setup that they've had forever and ever i think that now they're going to be um it's going to be a little different and they're going to rely on russ they're like okay you complained we heard you now what are you going to do? And I think that's yeah. the best thing for him. I, You know, one thing about Russell Wilson is he'll, he'll take a challenge. You give it to yes. him, he'll take it and run. And so I think that's what needs to be um, watched most, especially in the first few games, which is funny. Traditionally, Seattle starts out very slow at the beginning of each year. They were very traditionally, they would have, you know, a, a two to three star, you know, whatever it may be. And then last year it was so explosive. That's what we're like. If they could do that, but continue it through the whole season. Mm-hmm. then this team is going to be crazy.
1: You know what, and DK Metcalf, I'm going to just tell you, that guy is a that guy is a guy. <laughs> like I, I wanted him so so the the year that he was drafted, I wanted the Buffalo Bills to take him. We took Cody Ford in the second round that year. And the I don't want to say the disappointment because I I was happy that we invested in the line for Josh mm-hmm. Allen. But as a fan, like as a fan of football, I'm like we need to do DK Metcalf Like that, Like we need him mm-hmm. And I remember everybody around the league Like yeah but he he can't run routes And he can't like all he can do is run a straight line And I'm like are you kidding me Like you put him with somebody like Josh Allen With the arm that he has mm-hmm. He would have looked like Diggs Or you know like mm-hmm. not. I don't want to say 100% Like with the footwork and the, and the route running But I'm saying right, you, that's the perfect combination For an arm like Josh Allen A guy tall, fast, strong just just send him out there Mm -hmm. now he has a variation of that up there in Seattle with Russ now Russ obviously he the the arm strength comparison isn't the same as Josh Allen but he's very much a complete quarterback like he he's top five you know whoever you talk to he's always going to be in that conversation Mm -hmm. but but can you talk a little bit about DK Metcalf I just love DK Metcalf like I mean that dude you know you talk about man crush uh, like DK Metcalf (laughs) is that dude
0: you know, I, I don't blame you. I, I totally get that, to be honest with you. um, You know, I think the best thing that happened for D- DK Metcalf was that he wasn't picked in the first round because, yeah. man, did that put a chip on his shoulder. And he yeah. just then wanted to prove everyone wrong, all of those teams that had passed over him. And, and that is still to this day one of my favorite draft videos is when he's on the phone and he's like, would you wait so long? I mean, it's like, that was good. That's what they needed to see. The interesting thing is that he and and Tyler Lockett are so different in what Mm -hmm. they do and how they play and the way they look. And they each add their own versatility. But I don't really think that we truly saw how important DK Metcalf was to this team until he chased down Buda Baker in that game against Arizona last year when you realize that, that it was just not only is he good and tall and tough and you need that especially you know in the end zone for someone to go up after that ball but you need someone who has that football IQ he did not mm-hmm. have to chase him down and he did and i think that that was everyone i mean we all loved him he was a great kid he caught those you know fantastic football but it was like oh this Mm -hmm. could be a next level player that that made a huge difference for a lot of people. There's a lot of people in the fan base that in, in the media that really think that Seattle should have added another wide receiver at this point and not, yeah, that a free agent wide receiver, they really thought that the depth there needed, needed just a little bit more. Um, but they seem, well, they were excited about their first round draft or their, I should say second round draft, like their Mm -hmm. first draft pick. Um, and now he's injured, which is just classic right. Seattle, but, um, Eskridge, but he, um, but I think there were a lot of people who thought we just need one more. I don't know that that's the case when you bring in Everett on tight end and a few other of those players, I think that they will be a really complete offense.
1: I'm actually excited to see Disney. Um, you know, I know, mm-hmm. I know he didn't have like the, the biggest role. Um, but I, I was kind of impressed with some of the things that we saw and, you know, so so we'll see there as far as, as mm-hmm. a tight end. But also, I, I guess I'm shocked because when I look at the Seattle Seahawks, th- to me, the problem was protecting your quarterback. It wasn't the right. weapons. It wasn't. Um, I think your running game is legit. I think your receivers are legit. I think mm-hmm. your defense is going to make ai I don't I don't know if they will be Legion of Boomish, but they're coming back. I think that they're they're improving, I should say. So, you know, I didn't think that I just thought they had to protect Russ, you
0: know. Yeah. I really think that it's, it's a depth issue. See, one thing with Seattle and their fans is it's like it's always next man up, right? Like it's always mm-hmm. compete, always next man up. So they love the thought of that depth there. Um, but I agree with you. That line was really more of an issue. And they they did a good job with the line. And, you know, Dwayne Brown will play, you know, even though he wants more money. We have a pretty solid line at this point. The question, only question mark truly is there is is in the center. And nothing against Ethan Posick. He just is not... That superstar center. If they could manage to bring someone in, which I don't think they will at this point, maybe next season, but if they could bring someone in who was that Max Unger type center, then I think that that line would be indestructible. It, it would be fantastic. Um, but I do think with the new offense that hopefully some of that importance will be taken away because the game will be out a little faster. We'll see Russ getting the ball out a little quicker and that sort of thing, so that they can really um, work on tempo at that point
1: yeah. instead of running so, around
0: for five seconds in the backfield. <laughs>
1: and, and I mean, you know, well, I agree, and that's why, like I said, when I, when you said that, you know, there are people in in the media in mm-hmm. Seattle who's like, we should have added another, and it's like, really, like, I think yeah, you guys are great, but okay, so just. I'm in Phoenix now. So obviously this is a okay. Bills based podcast because um that, that's my that's the family. That's the squad. But I relocated to Phoenix. And look, there's a buzz out here about these uh, Arizona Cardinals. You know, they got J.J. Watt. They brought James Conner. And at first, I'll tell you what, I don't think James Conner got better by any means. But, you know, he slimmed down a little bit. He looks quick. He looks he looks healthy, which for him is a big you know, it's a big deal. Health is the yeah. reason why he hasn't. Really been who he who he was early on. AJ Green, I, I'm 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 just gonna say, I don't think he's gonna come and be uh you know he's not DeAndre Hopkins, he's not AJ Green from five six years ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna just tell you, this weekend he looked really darn good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you what do you what is your outlook on the division? How do you feel mm-hmm. about Arizona Cardinals? And, and you know, because uh, we're going to get back to the, the Seattle Seahawks, and I want to make some comparisons later on to mm-hmm. uh, the Buffalo Bills quarterback and, and, you know, Russell Wilson. So we'll, we'll get there. But as far as your division, kind of let's go there. Sure.
0: So I, I think that I, I, I have said this for the last couple of years. I will say it. I will stand by it no matter how much I get attacked for it on Twitter. Um, the NFC West is the best division in football without question the most competitive it is um and yes the Ravens and Steelers fans come after me every time I say that but I am just telling you that if you go head to head these four teams they make each other's schedules so much harder and to me that is shows you know there's not a single easy game in the NFC West Um, I, when you look at these teams, I think that they all have their strengths. I think they all have their liabilities without question. Um, there is a lot of buzz around Arizona and I'm a little confused why I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way, shape Mm -hmm. or form every year. You can tell they are trying to make this team better. And I think that Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. Um, I'm not sold on their head coach. I don't know about Cliff oh, yeah. Kingsbury. And I think if they can't figure it out this year, I would not be surprised if he did not have a job next year because they keep doing what needs to be done. They keep adding the right people. It just can't seem to come together. JJ Watt of course is already on the public. <laughs> God love JJ. Watt. I wish he could stay on the field I, and hopefully he'll get this out of a system early and be able to play. I don't know. Um, but I, I felt so him. bad.
1: I felt so I bad for him. I'm like, I know. already, dude. Like, come I on. Know.
0: It's like, we can't even get a game. It was one practice. But, um, but I like the way this team is going. I know there was some discontent. I think Chandler Jones at 1.1 had asked for a trade. I think he is he will be there. I, I'm not sure. Um, but I do think that there's still a lot of question marks that surround Arizona. There's still a lot of holes. They have to figure that defense out. Um, without question. Um, I think. I agree with you on A.J. Green. I think that he's going to be helpful. He's going to be um, a good player. He's not going to come in and, and storm the field. I, I just don't really see that. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins will still be the number one um, target there. But that was their part of their problem last year, wasn't it? Was the yeah. fact that they had one target and I love Larry Fitzgerald and he did his best to kind of pull that double team off, but it, we just always knew where Kyler was going. Right. So it, it made it harder for them. I think that they need to revamp their scheme a little bit. They need to get some, some different looks because I feel like Kyler Murray is not progressing the way he should. And once again, that goes back to coaching. In my opinion, the Rams are the Rams are the Rams. I don't really know that Matt Stafford will be the king of the kingdom. When they made that trade with Jared Goff and Matt Stafford, I thought, oh, good. They, they, Jared Goff was the thorn in the side of the Rams for a long time. And mm-hmm. they paid him a ridiculous amount of money for no reason. So I like that they have moved on from him. But the hype around Stafford is surprising to me. And I like Matt Stafford. He's got a great arm. He's a good quarterback. But what has he done? You know what I mean? Like, I'm waiting to see. And it could be I know but it could be (laughs) it could be he had to get out of Detroit. That's That's all it It takes for some. You know what I mean? That's all it takes for some quarterbacks. So we'll see. I do think it's interesting, though. I think that that gives the Rams a little bit of an excuse. So if something goes wrong. He gets hurt. They don't play as well. God forbid they come in second in the division, <laughs> whatever it may be. They'll have a scapegoat. And I don't really think that that would be fair to Matt Stafford. But with Aaron Donald on your team, Jalen Ramsey on your team, you always are in the mix for a Super Bowl, in my opinion. But I'm a defense lover. So that's right, probably right. why I think that.
1: I'm with you. Um, I got yelled at all yeah. summer. I got yelled at because I like, so we did this exercise. Um, it was, a lo- it was a local, like a Bills member thing where we basically did like this team building exercise. And for me, I didn't have a continual, let me tell you what the exercise was. So okay. it was basically um, pick 10 players that either their continued play at the rate that they are or growing further would have more of an impact on the success of the Buffalo Bills. I didn't have Josh Allen as number one on that list. The okay. reason I did not have Josh Allen number one on that list is because I truly believe that, yes, it is phenomenal to have one of the top three quarterbacks in the league or a top five quarterback in the league. But multiple times I've seen teams have the best quarterback in the league. And if they didn't have a defense that could stop the yep. other team from scoring, it didn't matter. Aaron Rodgers, to me, he's my personal goat. Like I think he's the best I've ever seen with my eyes. He has mm-hmm. one Bowl in green Bay. Right. You know, you look at, you look at, you know uh, I always use these as an example because to me it's like there's mm-hmm. no reason to argue anymore after this because you know you look at Peyton Manning and, and come on Peyton Manning
0: mm-hmm.
1: won in Indianapolis you know then yes. one in Denver but in the year that he had it it was when he had a complete team and it wasn't just Peyton and Marvin mm-hmm. Harrison putting up points so the thing is yeah I, I think Josh is a very key and instrumental part of the success of the team but to mm-hmm. me if our defense if so if Tremaine Edmonds doesn't become the The middle linebacker that I need him to be like, Mm -hmm. I don't think the defense improves enough that it's going to matter. We got to get over the hump. And Josh Allen, Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He's going to be a beast. If he gives us the same Josh Allen from last year, it's Mm -hmm. not a problem. Like if because think about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers had a year that hasn't happened too often in history. Like I think a lot of things never happen in history Mm -hmm. that that's not common. Josh Allen would have been MVP. You give me an MVP type season. I don't need him (laughs) to keep getting better. Like I don't need Josh to throw for eight thousand yards and forty five thousand touchdowns. I need him to give me the same thing, and I need my defense to be top tier. So I'm with you as far as the defensive. I'm right,
0: and I agree. I actually I I agree because I was I looked up the Bills because I'm not a huge fan of quarterbacks, and I get a lot of you know uh, attitude for that from a lot of people. I just I think. I hate to say they're overrated because that's not the right word, but they just get too much credit for team wins. Do you know what I mean? And so they're just not my favorite. But um, the Bills, I noticed they're ranked 17th, and then I wrote down they're 14th in total, 13th in passing 17th. If you could get that Bills defense to be 10, Mm -hmm. it's not far. They do not have to be first. They don't have to be second. You get them to 7 to 10, That changes the whole dynamic of the team, and that's where I think that it's so important. It's going to be the same, and I think that's what the Rams are doing with Matt Stafford. They have that number one defense. Well, number two, Washington of all people was number one. Washington football team, but um, and so you have that defensive piece. You need the offense to be able to compete with that. And Matt Stafford is a step up. So I think that was the logic. They didn't have to go oh you know after Trevor Lawrence. They didn't have to go after right. one of these young wonder kids. They just needed to improve excuse me a little bit, which is exactly what the Bills need to do, but on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Right. Yeah. So I'm yeah. with you. Like when I tell yeah. you I'm with you and I um I think I think balance is the key and Mm -hmm. you know you you just said that quarterbacks are overrated but you said like you think they get too much credit for team wins I man Bruce Yoner would tell you like he he, his thing is that quarterback or wins are not a quarterback stat and he preaches that to the you know and and he's right he's right it's it's a team effort you know again Mm -hmm. Tom Brady has those Super Bowls but he doesn't have them without that defense that Bill Belichick Mm -hmm. puts together every year they rarely have a bad defense Right, rarely. So,
0: but the, and they don't always have a top, you know, top five defense. But they don't no. have to be. It doesn't have to be. And I think that that's the interesting thing that that we're running across with a lot of teams right now, you know, Seattle was much the same way. They had the number one offense in football for the first five or six games. Their defense could not. And that's just going to where you can't sustain that, you know, to have the worst defense, but the best offense. That's just not going to last. You right. have to have a little bit of balance. I think that's what the Rams are going for. And I think that's also what San Francisco was looking for um, a little bit. You know, they have, they have Fred Warner, right? Like they have these great pieces and then they have Jimmy Garoppolo which is fine. But then they had, you know, they went ahead and they got Trey Lance and now he's the second coming, but they've backed off of that a little bit. And they're like, Mm -hmm. well, we don't have a quarterback competition, which cracks me up because one of their players goes, Oh, I don't ever even know who's throwing the ball out there. Well, that's a competition. So I don't know what to tell you, you know, but I think San Francisco, they have, because of Shanahan's brilliance, he he's a brilliant coach. I think that they have, the possibility if they could also get that quarterback piece figured out to have that better balance, which is why the NFC West is so intriguing to me.
1: Yeah, I agree with you about the 49ers for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and Shanahan, he 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 deserves all the credit in the world. I yeah. mean, that guy, that guy's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. now I know at the top of the show I, I spoke briefly about Deshaun Watson. Now mm-hmm. that was the place before the draft I was nervous about Deshaun Watson going.
0: You as and me both
1: player. It was like, oh my god, that you know, as a, if you're a fan of the 49ers that would just that's all you need mm-hmm. but that would have been a
0: nightmare for the rest of the division
1: so we'll see if if um you know they they spent a the high draft pick so let's see if if this kid can develop and, and become you know what what they think the thing that's bugging me and, and now we can kind of transition to kind of i guess mm-hmm. like the meat of the, the show the topic mm-hmm. um the thing that bugs me though is like now in draft you know anna just everything like not just draft but even like second year players first year players and I was like okay if he can make a Josh Allen leap like now it's becoming mm-hmm. a thing whereas when he came into the league Josh Allen was getting destroyed you know he can't he was. Josh Allen can't hit you know like it, it was like they they just dogged him so now you know this last year Josh Allen was the runner-up for MVP he had four votes out of the 50. The interesting thing to me and, and I wanted to have this conversation with you as somebody who is unbiased and somebody who, outside looking in. I know you respect, especially now that I know you have a, a mm-hmm. soft spot for the Bills. You know, inside the, the community, inside the fan base, it's like Josh Allen is is like, you know, he's eight pound, 12 ounce baby Jesus. And <laughs> there's nothing that he can do, which I mean, I feel that I can't even lie. Like I'm part yeah, of it. Like, I, I, you I, should. i, I in love with him. So, so, you know, I get that. But outside looking in. You know, I know that the league respects him now, but somebody like Russell Wilson has been consistently considered a top mm-hmm. five quarterback pretty much every year of his career. Mm-hmm. His rookie year was like, well, Izzy, he? he He broke, he broke a record or he tied a record with Peyton Manning. He was the rookie of the year. Like, mm-hmm. like the guys, the guys accolades are insane. Like I, mm-hmm. the research that I did for the show was just like, I didn't real like, you know, you know it, <laughs> but it's like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's legit. He's never had an MVP vote in his mm-hmm. career. Mm-mm. Can you kind of just speak on that for a moment? Just, yeah. You know, so, that's, that blows my mind.
0: I, I think it has a lot to do with, you have to remember who's voting for MVP. You have to understand the reason why they're voting for MVP and usually traditionally MVPs. And I want to say this because <laughs> when we were chatting um, on DM, you put, you know, MVP runner up, MVP runner up. And I thought, Josh Allen's not going to want you to call him that because he doesn't want to be reminded that he was the first person to not get MVP. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I find that's funny. But you're right. Four votes is huge, and I think that that was very important. But at the same time, you have to remember that traditionally MVP goes to a quarterback, which bugs me to no end, but it's also a team that is Super Bowl bound. Now keep that in mind. They are in the championship games usually. Not always. There's always an outlier, Right. But so you have to kind of keep that in mind. So to me, it makes total sense that Josh Allen was in that mix with Aaron Rodgers because they were there. They were almost there. Now, why it was him and not Patrick Mahomes or whatever it may be. I mean, there's a million reasons around it because they vote, you know, they don't always vote with numbers. They vote with their hearts. Mm -hmm. But you have to think when Russell Wilson, when he went to two back-to-back Super Bowls, it was his second and third year in the league, right? And he had the Legion of Boom defense, okay? Historic defense never to be redone, right? That is just they were their own beast, their own world, and it was the golden era of Seattle football for defense. So he was not the most valuable player on his team, okay? So that makes sense because that's what we're looking at, right? Who is the most valuable player on their team? And then the most in the whole NFL. So it wasn't him those back-to-back years, After that, I mean, they've been in the playoffs every year but one. They've had a winning record. He has all these fantastic stats. But they have not gotten to that end game, back to the NFC Championship game. And I think if they did and he didn't have that historic defense, then those votes would come. But at this point, I don't think they have come just because he hasn't gotten back there yet. And when he was there, he was not the most valuable player on his team.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So, so now the conversation that I wanted to have, which Bills fans can <laughs> have fun with, the thing is, so now when you look at like around the league and you and you kind of go through players, like who's the best quarterback? You know that conversation is mm-hmm. always had. They, they always mm-hmm. do it. So, I think it's pretty fair to say, like I said, Wilson has consistently been thrown into that top five mix. Probably yep. after a third year, he's he's yep. pretty much been you know looked at there, and and the Aaron Rodgers and. Tom Brady's and Patrick Mahomes does Josh Allen actually belong there and if so the the, the real conversation is we've seen this one season from Josh
0: mm-hmm.
1: is Josh Allen you know in comparison going into this season are we looking at Josh Allen with Russell are we looking at him above a step above based off of last mm-hmm. season are we looking at him a step below How how is it outside looking in
0: Uh, So I asked around when you told me we were going to talk about this. I asked around because I have my thoughts and I have my opinions, but I wanted to know kind of what other people thought too. So I did ask around the general consensus to be real honest with you is that he's not there yet. And it's because of exactly what you said. It was one season and it was one season with Stefan Diggs. So when you have that huge of an influx of a weapon, which we were all so jealous that you guys got Stefan Diggs over everybody else, then you have to wait and see. Okay, well, did they feed off each other? Because Stefan Diggs had an amazing – was like his best season last year too, right? And yep. so he had this huge year. Josh had this huge year. Can they do it again? Was it lightning in a bottle? Was it because it was new? What What is it? And I think that that's where you start to see these elite, which I don't like the term, but that's what's used, elite quarterbacks discussed are ones that have done it year after year after year after year. So should josh allen be there i don't know yet i i think that he needs to be consistent so he has the same numbers next year that conversation is going to come up he does it again that third year there's not a question there's not a question for anyone at that point um he won't vacillate now how hard will that be for him to do it's gonna be hard okay the nice thing about the bills is you guys have stepped right into that Um, void that was left by the New England Patriots when Tom Brady left. You have a not difficult division (laughs) to put it, but Miami came up last year. The Patriots, God knows Belichick could turn it on at any point, right? Mm -hmm. The Jets are the Jets, but yeah, but at the same time. The way you play other teams, every time he has those really good games, that's just going to put another notch. But I do think it needs to be one more season. I did notice the Athletic put him in a Tier 2 level. He was, not, he was number mm-hmm. six. So that means he's just right outside there. And I think just one more year of that consistency will push him right up over the edge.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And I I know a lot of times, you know, Bills fans get upset when people question the Stefan Diggs dynamic. I um, Mm -hmm. I wrote an article last week and what I said was the, the the argument that Josh Allen's success was exclusive to Stefan Diggs is a baseless argument, but Mm -hmm. you can't ignore the fact that he's gotten a ton better with him. But the thing is, um, you know, the Buffalo Bills, just like the Seattle Seahawks, they've done a great Mm -hmm. job of putting good players around him because Cole Beasley had a career year with Josh Allen. John Brown had a career year with Josh Allen. So what mm-hmm. we're seeing is that Josh is with better talent around him. He's elevating himself and the people, you know, with better For talent. sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, but like I said, I agree with you that, you know, you can't ignore that when you then get an elite, I know you, you hate the mm-hmm. word, but when you think okay. elite talent, then hopefully <laughs> yeah. that, that production becomes elite as well. So, and we saw but that and hopefully, yeah.
0: That's what? the point, right? Isn't that yeah. the point? That's why you add these weapons. That's why yeah. you bring these people in. You want them to make the quarterback better. You want him to make the other teams better. You want him to draw people. You want Stephon Diggs to draw a double team so that Colby Lee can get open, right? Like that's, right. that's the whole point. And so your front office did exactly what it needed to do to bring the whole team up. It is a team sport, so that's what you want to do. Now, once Josh becomes the obvious leader of this team, which to Bills fans, he already is. And I think that's great. I don't know that that perception is out there to the rest of the world yet. It will be after this next season if they do as well. But I think that if he just can do that one more year, they won't be able to say, oh, well, it's just because anymore.
1: Yeah. And, and the other thing that um, I would like your perspective on being a mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks fan, you know, first, and actually, you know, you also cover the AFC West. So y- you, I you do. have you know, you have other, you know, loves that, you know, we can speak of from this perspective as well, but from a team that, you know, early on, so you were there when Russ got, when he was drafted, you you know, before we went live, you told me like, Hey, I've been doing this show. Like it was the year before, but I've been doing Mm -hmm. it longer than he's been playing. So you've been, you've been around, you've been through the times where the team wasn't quite that good. And then they got good. So they went from being the hunters to the hunted Mm
0: -hmm.
1: this year. It's the first time that the Buffalo Bills are the hunt because last year I feel like they everybody knew, okay they're going to be a little bit better. Josh probably was take a step forward, but they they punched the league in the mouth. It was different Mm -hmm. this year. People know, oh, the Buffalo Bills are really good. So people are circling the Buffalo Bills on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of speak to that and how, you know, because I think as a fan base, we're not used to it yet. So, right experience you know what is it like as a fan base now you're going from the cinderella story you're like last mm-hmm. year everybody loved it it's like oh my god josh Allen and the buffalo bills it's the first time since 1993 it's the first time since 1991 it's this you know like every record <laughs> yeah. like he's breaking everything that jim ever did and then this year it's like it it's not going to be the same cinderella love story so so can you kind of speak to your yeah. experience about it,
0: that? it's weird i'm gonna age myself a little bit here but um oh. i ha- i lived through the 90s with the seahawks <laughs> and if anyone knows anything about that they know cortez kennedy one defensive player of the mm. year on a two-win team so let me tell you mm. it was ugly for a while and you know uh, but the nice thing about that i also got to watch the bills during the 90s which i really liked but um i'm a big andre reid fan not gonna
1: lie. Yeah, but yeah.
0: so um but the thing of it is is there is a change When you just keep winning and no one expects it, and you know, you have your Tom Brady, you know, you mad bro moments because you don't, they're not expected. And so, if you lose one, the whole world doesn't collapse around you because you weren't really expected to win it anyway. But when you just keep winning, it's a great feeling. And then the light switches, and everyone starts paying more attention to your game, you know, tape, and they start paying more attention to when they play you, and they, you know, all of a sudden you're on Sunday night football, you know, five and six times a season and you have all of this, the eyeballs on you. It changes the dynamic for the fan base because their expectations are now raised. They expect good things from this team. It also changes the pressure on the team and the front office, which you can kind of see through certain um, focus on you know, good morning football or whatever, your team is always on television. Everyone's scrutinizing them with a magnifying glass. And that becomes hard because you become defensive. So you, Bills fans are going to hear this year, oh, well, Josh Allen this or your defense that. And you'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You get real defensive and you can't do it. It's just Mm -hmm. because people are paying attention. People are finally (laughs) paying attention.
1: (laughs) Dana, I don't know how much you know, and I know you do, but I mean, I don't know how much the listeners really—if it's anybody not part of Bill's (laughs) Mafia—listening to this because Dana's on here with me. Look, the Bills Mafia fan base—we're anything but not emotional. So we're (laughs) going to react. (laughs) If somebody comes at Josh Allen, I'm telling you, we find it and we team up. It's like it's it's like the Power Rangers when they come together. It's it's on. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's so true, and. and I get that because you come from these small market teams. I mean, you know, I, I live in one, I live in Kansas city. And so you know, the chiefs, Oh God, the chiefs fans are just, they're been out of control the last couple of years. They deserve that. They, they lived through some bad times too, as Buffalo has too. but you know, and even in Seattle, but you also have to take it with a lens of that's just because people are more focused and that's a good thing for your team. That just means that they're starting. People are starting to pay attention. And so When you go into this season, and let's say you guys win your – I don't know your schedule at all, so I don't know who you're playing. Mm -hmm. But um, let's say you win your first three, but then you lose the fourth one. It's not just, oh, we're three and one. It's, oh, my God, what's happening? The whole world's falling apart. The ceilings came in. And it's not from the fans. It's from the media. So you just have to kind of get used to that. But I will tell you this. It is a very good feeling to know that you're on an upward trajectory instead of a downward trajectory. I always say I feel terrible for Green Bay fans this year because they know that Aaron Rodgers won't be there next year and that's a hard thing for them. And so enjoy this upward trajectory because you guys are definitely on your way up.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I know for me, like I told you before we went live, I'm like, you know, I think this is probably so far already. It's been the best um experience for me as a fan Mm -hmm. and it's partially because of the podcast it's partially because the team is doing good but Mm -hmm. just all in all you know you get to meet a lot of people you get to talk to some people and and life just feels good when your team is doing good it's it's amazing it is yeah
0: um, yeah you
1: you mentioned kansas city there so i kind of want to bring up um bills fans have a have a very very bad taste in their mouths right now like very right now
0: don't blame you
1: you know like we just can't stand those guys right now but you know, um, they beat us last year in the AFC Championship. It was not—it was not our best outing. Um, living in Kansas City, what what was the experience? I know you're not a fan like that, but you know, what right. was the experience like being in that environment, being in that community?
0: Well, it, I mean, it's it. The last two years have been a little nuts around here, and for a lot of reasons. I've lived in Kansas City for 20 years. We left Seattle and we moved here, um, and so. I've been around this fan base when they're really sad and -hmm. when they're real happy. And the interesting thing about Chiefs fans is they are just like you guys. They're just like Seattle. They're just like Rams fans. They're just like, you know, all these other teams. The Miami fans, when they thought Tua was going to save the world, you know, they were all just so excited because – they have something to be proud of. They have something that they don't have to go, well, I'm a Bills fan, you know, like so many yeah. you know, people had to do for a lot of years. And so I think that that, that has been – was a lot of fun to watch. What happens when you go to a Super Bowl two years in a row is that switches a little bit to just a little bit of cockiness mm-hmm. and – blame games show up and we didn't win because of this we didn't win with that we have to remember that it's really hard to go to a super bowl it's really much harder to win it and so um i think a lot of people are just grasping the factor on here that they're really excited i do really want to say i would love to know where andy reed keeps his money tree though because i don't know how they paid all these players how no. they brought them all back i i don't get it like i'm gonna go find this money tree it's got to be here in kansas city somewhere because it's insane to me but i also think that They can't keep it up forever and there will eventually be an opportunity to beat Kansas City, just like there were opportunities to beat New England all those years that they were so good.
1: Yeah. And I I agree with you. It's going to catch up to them. Like, I know a lot of times, Mm -hmm. like we talk about it in the the media, like, oh, it's funny money. The, you know, the salary cap is not real money. But it is, though. You know, they've mm-hmm. they've figured out how to move money around and work things out. It's going to hurt them eventually. Like, I mm-hmm. promise you, there will be a couple years where it's like, what the heck is Kansas City doing with their roster? And it's because of the moves they made in 2020, 2019, mm-hmm. and 2021. So, yep. you know, but but it's, it's funny. You mentioned how, you know, after going to Super Bowl two years, that, you know, that passion turns into arrogance or it turns into cockiness. Bit. I'm going to just tell you, the Bills fans <laughs> – i have to like a lot of and i i did a i did a show and i said one time like this is gonna be the last time i'm gonna be humble i'm gonna tell you <laughs> because i've been it's been a long time it's been a very very long time so mm-hmm. you know now you know it's been like you have to be humble when when like you you don't make the playoffs so you don't and you can't really go and talk crap to patriots fans when right. they've got six super Bowls or five so you know you can't mm-hmm. do it but but I'm ready, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one more season, one more season. I'll be humble. I promise. I'm gonna be nice. <laughs> but 2022, if we make it back to the AFC Championship, or if we make it to the Super Bowl this year, I'm gonna just tell you, it's, it's gonna done. be a whole different space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I love that because isn't that exciting to think about? You know, it's like it's like oh, I'll, I'll get to be like you can't beat us. We're Super Bowl champions. Once you wear that crown. It's a hard thing to shake. You know, you're like, yep, that was us. And 49ers fans, they could beat us probably for the next two years, but we'll just keep reminding them how we beat them in the NFC championship, right? Like, because that's all that really matters at the time. And so that's okay. And that's that's an exciting place to be as a fan base. And so, you know, you could be the Houston Texans. And so, I mean, it's much better to be where you are right now.
1: Yeah, and you know what, Houston, I feel bad for Houston. Um, I do too. I and I feel too. bad for you know all the players who are very good. That really every player, even those who aren't like top guys or whatever. I feel bad when a situation when when an organization is is a laughing stock of the league. And mm-hmm. and I can say that from this point now, hindsight, my team mm-hmm. was the laughing stock of the league for a long time. There were guys that didn't want to come to Buffalo through free agency. There were mm-hmm. guys that I think I think. I can't remember who it was. I think Marcel Darius or somebody said, you know, publicly like free agents when he used to try to recruit said, no, that's like Buffalo, Siberia or something like, that. I forget mm-hmm. the term, but it just wasn't positive. And now that's how Houston is viewed. And and I mm-hmm. hate it. My guy Tyrod Taylor's down there. I, I have like, I, I love, I absolutely love Andre Roberts and he's down mm-hmm. there. And, you know, so it hurts my feelings. And and now obviously the situation that we talked spoke about earlier with Deshaun mm-hmm it's just not a good, it's just not a good place.
0: No. And and it's, and it's just mismanagement. I, 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 that whole team, I I, I've never been more baffled by a front office in my entire life. Like when they started dumping their players and everyone was leaving. And I was like, do you remember it was just a few years ago, you guys were on top of that division. Mm -hmm. What happened? And, and, and that's, you know, it was just, I mean, it might seem like a long time ago, but Matt Schaub was not that long ago, you know? And so we have to kind of try and remember that, but, but here's the most the biggest thing is that it's very sad for the the players that are there because they have to put that helmet on and it's sad for the fan base because they don't want to be that whereas you guys are on the other side you know buffalo you know seattle it used to be the patriots it's not so much anymore green bay there's certain teams that are now destination teams and nice. the reason that they're destination teams is because they give these guys who maybe are in the middle of their career, even in the back half of their career, but still have a lot of fire and a lot of good play in them can go with the opportunity to possibly get a ring. And that's a good feeling too. When you know that bets or players in general, even your draftees are so excited to be drafted to Buffalo.
1: I'm excited that Buffalo (laughs) has completely changed the culture that, that is, that is one Mm -hmm. of the things. So the last thing, you know, so you brought up uh, so with the culture because Mm -hmm. what I was actually I was going to bring up with the Texans the the coaching hire so Buffalo actually had a coach our defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier was actually in consideration for the head coaching position in in Houston they decided not to go with Mm -hmm. them I'm happy about that but it's a head scratcher again with the culture um, they they didn't get a guy that you're at the time before any off-field stuff happened, they didn't get the guy your star quarterback wanted. They didn't mm-hmm. get the guy that other players could relate to, you know, and and then so now I, fast forward, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills now. You know, like <laughs> Sean McDermott came in and absolutely changed the culture. You know, mm-hmm. we had Rex Ryan prior to that. And I mean, come on, we we know what Rex is. And I will tell you what, I'm very, very happy that we got rid of Rex mm-hmm. so quickly and, and Sean McDermott has come in. Can you kind of speak to that? There's there's mm-hmm. there's two sides of it for for seattle there's a part Mm -hmm. of the the nfl fan base that really views the head coach out there as like not a good coach but there's a lot of them that like pete carroll is the best thing since sliced bread how Mm -hmm. do you view pete carroll and and you know where, where does he fall on that list for you
0: so what you guys did with your current head coach seattle did with pete carroll back in 2009 10 that beginning of that season then 1,500 roster changes, like boom, out of there, right? Like they completely mm-hmm. changed that over. So you guys being an example, Sean McVay being an example for the Rams, you know, and getting um, getting him in there. Seattle, there's there's teams that it shows you can turn an entire team around in a year. So hopefully that's encouraging to some of these other, you know, teams that are fan bases, I should say, that, that are lagging behind right now. Um, but, Pete Carroll specifically, I understand why people don't always love him. I know he had his whole USC thing. I, I'm not a huge college ball fan, so I just whatever on that. But I know that his style of coaching is not traditional. It's not exactly what you know people are doing, but it works for him. And obviously, having never had a losing record with the Seahawks, it's working for him to, you know, working for them too. I like Pete Carroll. I like that he is who he is and he doesn't apologize for it. And, you know, some players dig it, some players don't. You're in, you're in, you're not, you're out sort of a thing. And and I'm okay with that. I think where a lot of the credit for what Seattle's success has had lately does lie with Pete, but it also lies, lies with Sean, um, John Snyder, the general manager, because he came over and he was like, this is how we're going to do things. This is, I am going to be aggressive here, not aggressive there. He's had a lot of misses in the draft. He's not the best director, <laughs> but free agents are his specialty. And so that's been very important. And I think that too, again, keep a team young, keep them rolling, that, that kind of culture fits there. The Buffalo culture fits with those players, and that's finding the key. When you see those teams that just have a rotating door of people coming in and out and not staying, that means they haven't found who they are. They haven't found what works for them because if they did, they would find those players that worked within that system. And and so am I a Pete Carroll fan? Yeah, I like Pete Carroll. A, a, am I a John Snyder fan? Definitely a John Snyder fan. Um, do I think Pete will be around for much longer? I think Pete will retire in probably two years, and that will be – an interesting day for Seahawks fans. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But um but at the same time I understand why he's not everyone's favorite.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I personally, I, I'm, and I probably like him for the wrong reasons, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I, I just, I love his personality. I think mm-hmm. that you know the connection that he has to the players, like you know, it, it reminds me a lot of how our, how the Buffalo Bills love Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Trey, Trey, uh, Tre'Davious White will joke with Brandon Bean, and like he calls him Big Baller Bean, and they, they laugh and joke. And so, you know, when I look at how Pete Carroll. You know, Russell Wilson dressing up as him for for Halloween and chewing gum, like just making fun of him. And it's it's lighthearted and fun. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he produces a winning product every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Russell Wilson has a very, very, a very impressive record as a starter. I think I, I, um, where was it? It was like 95 or 98. Yeah. 98, 45 and one as a starter. You know, you can't, you can't ask for better. <laughs> you know, it's right? like. So it's like consistently for a decade now, close to a decade. Mm-hmm. you've had just great success so mm-hmm. I don't understand how and whether you want to say it's the quarterback whether you want to say it's the defense whatever the coach drafted him the coaches you know they developed him so I, I like Pete Carroll so like I said it could be for the wrong reasons but I, I do not understand when people you know just I don't get it
0: yeah and, and you know it doesn't that's just some people would really, really like Bill Belichick's style of coaching, you know, the super serious, no fun. I mean, we've seen how different Tom Brady's been since he left there. I mean, so, I mean, it's like night and day. Right. And so, and like, I love my Tomlin, but he's also super serious, super deep guy. And so that's what people, you know, like from football. The thing with Seattle, and, and I don't know what it is about Buffalo, but Buffalo will have its thing. But the thing with Seattle is they're very entertaining. The whole team, like, they're corny and goofy and yes i don't know if you guys remember you guys aren't seahawks fans but russell wilson's first year uh mike robinson did a whole entire tv series called the real mike rob report and all he did was talk about how russell wilson was a robot and it was hilarious and like it was just like super fun and lighthearted. and some people will take that as not taking the game seriously enough Some people say, oh, no, that just means that they're enjoying their job and they're winning. And so I just think it depends on what your preference is in your team. My preference is they win, and I like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's that's um and I think that's where Buffalo fans are getting that you know what hey it's fun to watch Josh put up these points but it's also a whole heck of a lot of fun to to come out on top a lot like consistently. Mm-hmm. We we went 13 and 3 last year. Um I think we're going to I think we're going to have another good year. I don't know if we're going to have the same exact type of success but I think we're going to be very successful. I think we're going to be big. So before we get out of here, why don't you uh mm-hmm. you know give us your prediction for for the Seahawks and then kind of give us a a quick off the top off the cuff prediction for the Buffalo Bills for the season here. And then uh, I'll give the floor to you to let everybody know where they can oh, find your so um
0: I think the NFC West is going to beat the crud out of each other this year. I really think that that's going to be super hard. I, I think they'll probably best the Cardinals, although we always struggle with the Cardinals um, a couple of times. The, the, I just think that I just think that they're going to have a track time back. And I'm having a hard time with the math. Are you having a hard time? Now that we have to count to 17 instead of 16 drives me crazy. But um, I think the Seahawks will win double digit numbers again. I think they'll make the playoffs again. I I don't have any um, reason to to think otherwise at this point. I think that they'll probably have at least like maybe 11 or 12 wins. Um, Their their schedule is middle of the road. It's not that tough this year. And so that's really good too. Um, But again, you never know injuries. Everything looks shiny on paper until someone, you know, breaks their leg. So we just have to kind of roll with that a little bit. Um, for Buffalo, what I, I'm going to have to ask you, what, what is your schedule like this year? I mean, are you guys running into some serious little slobber knockers or what, what's going to happen with them?
1: Well, they're saying that our schedule is on paper. They're saying it's easier than last year and oh, you know, nice. run through it. the thing is, I think what I have an issue with that because so for instance, I think if you look at Washington as of last year, or, you know, mm-hmm. I think, I think yeah, it looks like an easy schedule, but the team that they put together that's going to be on the field this year is not last year's team. So I don't. So and there's a couple teams like that that I think have improved, mm-hmm. not enough that I think that they're going to just destroy. I, I'm not saying the Bills are going to get destroyed, you know, but what I'm saying is they're not cakewalks. Like Washington could very no. easily be one of those teams that walk in. And they might take one from us if we're not careful. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the, the schedule is a little bit easier, but again, I, I, um, they, they say that it's, that it's supposed to you be. You never
0: know. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Buffalo go very deep into the playoffs again. I think that that's kind of the assumption at this point point. Um, and the playoffs are once you get past the wild card round really are their own little beast because it really just kind of depends on the moment and, and, and what you um, you know, who who catches that perfect little pass or what? whether you're playing if you're playing Green Bay, oh, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, in fact, it would surprise me if Buffalo didn't go well deep into the playoffs again this year. I can't think of too many other AFC teams that I would put above them at this point.
1: Well, Bills fans are going to love that. I, you know, I love it. So, <laughs> so Dana, thank you so much for doing this. I've had a blast with you. We got to do this during the season. I know this year yes, we don't, love that. Bills don't play you, but obviously i'm in I'm in arizona and and the Cardinals do twice so i'll yeah. I'll definitely try to link with you and we'll we'll have to do this again during the season. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find your content and and your your podcast and or you on social just take your time
0: yeah so on twitter i'm at dana og so it's d-a-y-n-a-o-g um and again i cover nfc and afc west so you get a kind of a lot of a mix from me um the our tour football podcast is every tuesday night at 8 p.m eastern um 7 p.m central and we do that live um and we talk about all aspects of football um nfl we don't just cover just a couple of divisions we have them all um and then the tuesday before the season starts is our annual pick'em show it's our huge show. We literally pick every division and say who's going to be to the super bowl like we go through the whole thing it's a lot of fun um and then um our turf football fb.com or i'm sorry our turf fb.com is our website we um have just kicked off writing our articles we kind of take it easy during the offseason and so we're back in with our articles there um so yeah come hang out with us we'd love it and i would love to come back this has been a blast
1: everybody please 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 go on twitter and follow miss dana are you on any other social networks as well
0: uh on no for football, that's all I do is on Twitter is on Twitter and then and then um we do have our own YouTube channel for our turf. So
1: okay, perfect. Well for those watching live on YouTube, you can see her handle right there on the screen. For those <laughs> that are not, I will make sure I have it in this or the description for the show. Listen, y'all know how I do it over here, everybody. It's your boy J Spence the King, and y'all gotta take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go bills. <laughs>